Okay, guys, um, included with this episode, at the end, I'm going to put up um, a hotline number if you're having a problem with addiction. If you need further resources, feel free to contact me at gypsycambo at gmail.com. Gypsy, G-Y-P-S-Y, Cambo, K-A-M-B-O, at gmail.com. Please feel free to email me and I will do my best to help you get further um, numbers and point you in the right direction if you're having an addiction problem. And also a friend of mine has offered up his assistance. So if you would like his name and number, please email me at gypsycambo at gmail.com. Hello, Matthew. Thank you for joining me on The Ripple with Juju. How are you, friend? I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Juju. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me today. Um, I have known Matthew, how long have we known each other? A couple of years. Has it been a couple of years? I um, served Matt. No, I don't think it's been that long. Here's why. Because I served you, Cambo, and it was after I got back from Peru here. It seems like a lifetime, I think. It because, does. Um, yeah, Matthew's one of those people in my life that it feels like we've been like brother and sister for lifetimes. Um, at least that's how it feels to me. I served uh, Matthew Cambo right after I got back from Peru last year. So, what's going on with you, brother? Oh, you know, just trying to cut through all the madness and mayhem out there to find the beauty and, and good souls like you. You know what I mean? And honestly, I will say this about the combo. It was a couple years ago is when I did combo the first time in California. And that kind of um, I just I, I was doing everything for myself and I just couldn't. Um, there was something that was like just stuck to me, you know, pretty much. And I right. sought out the combo and it got it gone. You know, my Panama, my bad juju, <laughs> no pun intended. And yeah. um, it put me on the path. And then you were my second um, practitioner. And it was, yeah, it was like literally um, like coming back to an old friend or family member and feeling at home right away, you know, and never cool. thinking anything of That's that. Awesome. So, yeah. It's always a pleasure when we get together. Uh, matter of fact, I'm hoping I'll be down in South Florida sometime in the next couple of weeks. All right, so um, I know a little bit about your history. Um, so your history with addiction. Can you tell me about your past addiction issues? Yes, um, pretty much um, at the age of eight years old, I was asthmatic bronchial, and they put me on Hykodin and Tussinex, which for those of you that don't know, is basically like morphine and sugar. It's dope. I mean, on the streets, it's just as strong as heroin. It's just comes from the pharmacy and it's a wonderful cough suppressant too but sadly it wasn't you know it's not a a, a protocol <laughs> which it was for me at age eight and it's odd because i always remembered it tasted terrible and i could remember how the sound of the cap on the bottle when i think my mom would like unscrew it you know and you get the sugar coagulates there and i remember taking it it was All terrible right. but then you know like lying in the bed you know not coughing but you know stoned high on dope for more or less and um, right. that at about age 12 or 13, I kind of outgrew the um, asthmatic bronchial thing. So I was off the cough medicine, but that's when my stomach was jacked up from taking the opiates. 
started smoking pot to fix the stomach. And then I don't know, they gave me pain pills at about age 15 or 16 when I had the wisdom teeth out. And then, you know, next thing you know, Jed's a millionaire, as they say, and that went right to the dope, to the methadone, all of it, you know, every opiate you could ever imagine. And I was, you know, hardcore, you know what I mean? Like 20 bags a day for 10 years, 200 milligrams of methadone for five years. Yeah. I was, you know, and the only saving grace in the whole story is I had a deathly fear of getting jabbed, man, since a little kid, because some doctor tried to stab me with a booster shot of all things. And I just had a death fear of needles because I I really saw that despite the addiction to the drugs, the addiction to the needle for IV users seemed like another one on top of it. And most of those guys go down, ladies too, but that's a whole other problem on top of that. And all my friends other than one, and I don't know where he is from that era from growing up that, that unfortunately got, you know, caught up in that stuff is all, they're all dead. Every one of them. That's, That's sad. Yeah. So how did you get healed from your addictions, Matthew? Well, um, I tried the conventional way and look, I would never tell anybody don't go to meetings, don't go to treatment, but you know, I went to all those things and they didn't work because there was no healing there. Now in and of the 12 step meetings in the book, I believe that That's a, that, that, that book is solid. And there, and there is some, you know, plant medicine, you know, kind of in, in that book, you know, like the book is sound, but the program just did not support any type of healing for me personally. Um, and I did all the different kinds of treatments, nothing worked. And I was just super lucky enough to have a connection into the world of um, odd things. And where that was at that time in the late nineties was Ibogaine or Iboga, which is a root, you know, from central West Africa, Gabon, um, right. the Tabernathy Iboga, you know, plant. And um, I was able to, you know, hop on to what turned into be a, it wasn't FDA um, sponsored, but it was approved, a human clinical trial through um, with a, a, an amazing doctor at the University of Miami and in, on the island of St. Kitts in 1997. That was the first time. And it was a really tough one for me. Um, because it was off of methadone. And, and I'll just say this, um, my expertise or most of my understanding, though I've seen it all and, you know, experienced a lot is, is with opiates, you know, um, right. it's, it's a very tough detox. And, and that could go to the Suboxone nowadays, which is even harder because that's a long acting as opposed to, you know, shorter acting things. You know, methadone right. and Suboxone are entirely different to get off of. And one should actually be on a short acting really to get off and have your best chance but um, the Ibogaine um, was my first, you know, big plant medicine, you know, journey. And honestly, um, you know, there was a lot of, it wasn't anybody knew what it was back then at all. And, and there was a lot of. Right. You know, yeah. Terror. That was, that was <laughs> yeah. years ago. Yeah. And, and integration wasn't even a term or probably even in the dictionary the way that it's no, used today. Yeah. So I, I was not a tripper either. I was a hedonist, man. You know, I, I like pain pills and quaaludes, man, and have a good time. You know, I, I was not, yeah. I did mushrooms, I did acid, you know, stuff like that, but it wasn't my jam. So I was afraid, right. but I was more afraid to, to, to be stuck on the fucking dope. You know what I mean? It was just, I, I wanted off and nothing was working. And I, and I really did. I didn't go to rehab and screw around. I followed their instructions. It just, there was no healing there. And, and you know, maybe- right. Maybe somebody could get it there. You know what I mean? But I was hardcore, man. I needed something bigger and better. And at all. So now let me ask you you this. What is your definition, your definition of healing? Healing? Um, Well, I'll say this as as important. And I never could have done it without the Ibogaine 
Um, it, it's what you get afterwards. And like I said, there was no integration. So for me, I went to this little magazine, which was called the shaman's drum. And that brought me to like, you know, all the stuff that I was interested in, but at a different level, like of shamanism, native American culture, you know, and right. I was always into eating healthy, the organic stuff. I mean, I haven't had as weird as one hand I'd be taking, you know, the dope or the pain pills, but then I was really into vitamins and yeah. yeah. I was a freak like that. I, a germaphobe. Yeah, I was weird, man. Thank God. Cause that shit saved me, you know, right for, for real. But that's <clears throat> healing is, a, is an ongoing process. I I'm still, you know, decades later, still in that process. Um, it's Thank like they God. say, it's, it's not in my time. It's in, you know, God's time. And, you know, I'm, I'm right. hoping he's hurrying right now along, you know, I'm not hurrying, but you know, it, it's, it, look, I've come a really long way and, and, and really it, honestly, like just in the past couple of days, I was really grateful because I was thinking about my friend, Michael, that the last one that I, that I hope is alive and that I don't have to wake up in the morning anymore and wonder, you know, gee, you know, am I going to you know, die. Am I going to get arrested? I got to spend more money on this crap. You know what I mean? The treatment doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. You're so in a peaceful space now. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've been free and clear over a decade of that kind of nonsense. And, and honestly, sometimes I have to remind myself because I forget because it's been that long, you know, and, and it's, yeah. um, but yeah, you know what I mean? So it's, um, you know, it's, um, it's been a hell so of a let journey. me ask you now that you've, uh, been working with plant medicines in different capacities for for so long. What does integration look like for you now? Well, um, for me personally, um, especially and I'll, I'll relate it to now because it's literally the first time I've added any integration um, with medicines per se in this regard, especially a little before and even during in my own way from what I've learned right. and from all the medicine I've used, but it was, and I will say this, you know what I mean? And, I, and I've got a couple good brothers, you know, that have been very supportive, but I will say the big medicine ladies have really um, blessed me and supported me in a way um, with this medicine in particular as of late, because I hadn't done any big medicine since I began for about over a decade, other than, you know, combo, just certain things like that, but, but nothing yeah. of, of that variety. And um, sat recently since May with Bufo three times, and that is just uh, probably the most beautiful medicine I've ever done. Another one that has saved my life, you know, the, it's the trifecta. And, and it's funny because they all come through together. They all came through my first Bufo, even the Aboga, very strong. And really? Nice. Yes, very, very powerful. And I never would have um, understood the upgrades, the way that the medicine works through me and then in my own higher self without the um, guidance and support from a true medicine woman that, that really just has my best interests at heart and holds that space for me before, right. during, and after those type of ceremonies. And, and these type of ladies have, you know, um, helped me uh, understand the medicine, what, what, how to use it. Like I said, before, during, and after, um, and then other practices, you know, and, and part of that integration is, is you know, being proactive myself and, and, and what you put in your body, you know, what, what you watch, what you look at, what you eat. Right. You know, not everybody can do everything. You know what I mean? There's only so right. many damn things you can do. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's being yeah. consistent with that and also understanding, especially, and these medicines, look, man, I, I know they're not for everybody, but they should be because they work, they get results. <laughs> and the truth is, is that, with all that, it's what you do after that medicine that's most important. They're just tools. 
So well, I like the word that you used being proactive. Um, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. You know, we get caught up in these loops and we tell ourselves that we're doing right. And maybe we are on some level, but you know, even to this day, I still half ass a lot of shit. You know what I mean? That I should be doing. And through these medicines, I am able to hold myself way more accountable down to little stupid things so that on the big things, even if I still screw them up, the amount of time they will be screwing myself up gets shorter. So there's no perfection, but it's that right. proactive forward momentum and the consistency. See, that's, yeah, that's one of the big things that I try to share with people is we have this crazy notion in our society that perfection is what we all should be shooting for. And I'm always like, listen, throw that shit the hell out the window. Okay. When you get up in the morning Try to get up with a clear mind and just, you know, do your best for the day. Do your best for the day. And you know what? If you fuck up by having a cigarette or if you fuck up by eating some big old bucket of fried chicken, you know, whatever, you know, that's okay. You know, it's okay because they're none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. We're all these beautiful souls inside these bodies on this spinning rock. And, you know, as long as we can hold space for each other, and that's another thing you touched on too. Um, You know, as long as we can hold space for each other and, and really just hold each other's hands along the way, you know, just, that's one of the biggest things I've tried to convey to people. You know, I, I don't care if you're perfect. It's okay. You know, yeah. but let's talk about everything. Let's talk about everything. Let's talk about how we're feeling. Let's express our feelings. And that's, you know, I, I think um, that's one of the beautiful things that um, I enjoy about being around you is you feel and and you express and it's uh, being around people that that are open to their feelings and open to expressing. It's just it's like I feel like I'm being invited into this just lovely place. And and it's one of the great things about that I get to experience quite a bit when I'm serving medicine. Um, and, and staying in touch with the people that I serve medicine to, you know, um, but that's one of the things I really love about, about you, Matthew. That's funny because it, it, it's, that brings to that phrase to me that we are the medicine because the, the, the most, uh, the only beautiful thing I can absolutely think of because everything else just seems to be a nightmare that came out of COVID was this amazing, like the clouds separating and seeing all these amazing medicine souls out there yeah. that I didn't even know. And, and that it goes beyond the medicine because sometimes it's just a, to, to different types of souls and, and yeah. to come across some of these souls at such a difficult time for us all with COVID and all the stuff that, that, that brought, never mind, life is difficult before COVID, regardless of that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. to me, the soul such as yourself, these really bright, shining consistent deep souls that really care on good missions and honestly i kind of just not given up but i just didn't see or know enough out there even existed 
and it kind of just like restored this faith and I see them all now and it's just a beautiful thing. That's what fuels me is that, you know what I yeah. mean? That, that contact and that, just that, um, that understanding and, and, and in that, that holding of space, it's where you feel safe. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Where you, yeah. you don't have and to you, explain yourself. You, <laughs> you know, that's what we attract. You attracted all that by you taking your life in a different direction. You know, by you being open to different experiences, you you found the energy that matched yours, you know, and everybody's vibe gets raised when that happens. So then and that just keeps to me, it's like it keeps multiplying exponentially. You know, it does. it's it's funny because um, I had it wrong for for, for most of my life. <laughs> I think really most of us have. <laughs> it's crazy. I think most of us have. So let me ask you this, Matt. Actually, um, I'm going to do a little pause here. Um, and we're going to hear from one of our sponsors. Cool. Um, so what would be your suggestion, Matthew, for people battling addiction? In a nutshell. Um, in a nutshell, um, be proactive in your own best advocate. There's just no, and, and look at all your options. It's like, even for people that are frightened or don't understand plant medicine, look at it as just an option, just to have the knowledge, you know what I mean? To know all right. the different pieces on the board, know what's possible. It's like every time they say there's a opiate pandemic or, I mean, they did before, you know, this one. Um, yeah, there is, but there was this, you know, I've been since Vietnam. I mean, it's, it's always been there. So it's, um, you gotta, there's, there's stuff out there. It doesn't need to be that way. You can actually heal at the root cause level. Just like, look, this is my personal opinion on it, but once people get off the drugs, then there's the psychological stuff, you know, it goes back to the original trauma. So there's all kinds of moving pieces yes. here. The integration yes. is getting the help afterwards. So you need to set that up before you get whatever treatment you're going to get. I mean, to me, because it worked for me and everybody that really wants it to work, that's the other thing. Like, don't even waste your time. If you don't want to do it and you're not ready, then, then it isn't going to happen for you, like by dumb luck. It's like I was done after I was done, and I just needed the route, the route to freedom. And it's funny because Iboga is a route. Wrote a paper once called The Route to Freedom. That's what I right need. And, it, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I screwed up after that. It's a terrible thing. It's just the truth. But I never yeah. screwed up like that again. I never felt like that again. And all these medicines do is give you a key to what's inside of you already. It's always been there. It's to those doors that you just can't open yourself or you got to go with the Dalai Lama and meditate on a mountain for 30 years. And I don't know him and nor do I have that time. So okay. I received the medicine, you know what I'm saying? But there's a way to do it. There's safe ways to go. There's a lot of therapies. Unfortunately, a lot of them aren't covered by insurances, but there's stuff available out there. And quite honestly, for opiates, I mean, I wish that I had the benefit of combo back in the day after Ebola, because that could come in and, you know, really, you know, finish the job, you know, in, in a good way. Yeah that kind of stuff. But um, the medicines are there. There's treatments out there and, and nobody should be suffering. And I just also would like to say as far, and this is my personal opinion and how I was treated. 
But honestly, if I had known some of the terms that I know now, like in human design and things like that, and I, and I had learned that as a youngster, I wouldn't have had all the titles and tags from doctors and medications they did or tried to give me to fix something that wasn't even wrong. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need to do things to correct those things or get them under control, but really you just need to be understand what they are and then get support and just know that you're different. You know, I, I couldn't, I was never one to fit into that box. And, you know, look, you see a lot of people on drugs, you know, look, they're not just junkies in the street that didn't have any brains or whatever. That's what people think. You know, no, they're, they're your favorite artists, they're your favorite musicians, they're your favorite mm -hmm. uncle, you know, auntie, you know, whatever it is. You know, there's a lot of amazing people and tortured souls, which, you know, like I said, goes back to the original thing, which is the trauma. That's the gateway drug. So yeah, there's hope out there, man. That's one of the things I think people miss. Um you know, whether whether we're talking about addicts or their families or, you know, friends, um, you know, and that's one of the things that Gabor Mate yes. um, is is one of the best speakers I've ever um, listened to about addressing childhood trauma and how childhood trauma is really at the root of all addiction slash dysfunction issues. Um, and I would believe, I just, I do, I believe it. I know I see that in myself and every addict, I have recovering addict that I've ever spoken to who is doing the hardcore. Says the same thing, thing. you know, not a blame thing. People sometimes feel like blaming someone but it's not a blame thing it's a recognition of the trauma's origination um, right and held in the body from that point on yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i Literally. think that's one of the things that we need to realize it's you know and it's not we it's not that they've done something wrong or we've done something wrong it's not you know, putting that blame tag on somebody. It's just like, these are the facts. Listen, I was abused as a child. Okay. That caused internal issues with me. Um, you know, we get stunted. Our, our psychological growth gets stunted when there's a trauma at different ages. And, you know, we need to understand that. And that leads to all kinds of addiction issues, all kinds of dysfunction issues. And, uh, you know, um, so here's my next question for you, Matthew. Um, are there any particular websites or books that you've read or people that you listen to that have helped you um, over the, the decades of your recovery? Like I said, that um, the only thing when I think of names, it, it would be very hard because I really went to all the places to get the help, you know, that that anyone could or would and found none. And I, and I did it very diligently. I mean, I could write a Zagat review just on the food at the rehab I went to. I mean, for real. And um, but what I will say is it's the it's the medicine ladies. Even I remember I studied with a shaman decades ago, even when I was on methadone and she saw that I had the gift and it was her support and believing in me that just gave me enough of something to not think I was a big enough scumbag that maybe I could just hold on another whatever. You know what I mean? And those yeah. people. I didn't search them out at that time. My frequency was really shut off, you know, where, where, where I'm running now. You know what I mean? 
But yeah. every so often, it seemed like when it was about to go out, somebody would appear or something, you know, till the medicine. Yeah. And you know what you were saying about the trauma? And this is what I know. Like I said, all these medicines are connected and kind of do the same thing in a spiritual sense. But each one really is designed for something in and of itself unique. You know, like the aboga is the addiction cycle interrupter, the detoxifier, things like that. And, and from every experience that I have, like I sat in a lot of circles and a lot of rehabs and medicine circles and drumming circles and things like that. And just have heard so many horrific, you know, trauma stories, you know, the worst of the worst, you know, thousands of them, quite honestly, you know, right. and it's um, and all the healing and the most beautiful healing I've seen is, is really through the, you know, the, the, the bigger medicines you know, especially the female type medicine, you know, the eye things like that, the trauma smashers. And, and that's where that integration, especially during supportive holding space, right through all of that work afterwards, that's where I see people get to the root cause of it all and have right. the trauma removed. So it's not like I need a refill. I got to go back and talk to these motherfuckers again. You know what I mean? Whatever it is yeah. for years upon years. No, you're actually, no one's ever healed per se, but yeah, you are healing and it is a process. And to feel healing is like you are healed, but the process always goes on because you would like to think you're just always striving and thriving in that sense. You oh, don't yeah, want to say you're, you know, healed or anything. And it's and it's yeah. not a competition. It's like, and that's yeah. the problem I have. It doesn't matter. It's the matter. It's like how many dots in my arm or how many damn moon glow keychains in an AA meeting. I mean, come on. You know, I had to go, I picked up so many white chips, Juju. I had to drive. I don't know how many hours away. I go, oh, I went and got the five-year moon glow. And, you know, they always ask you, how'd you do it? Oh, I don't even remember what I told them. But yeah, I wanted to know what it felt like to have that support and to feel like I had accomplished the five years. And it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> and I eventually got yeah. it, you know, because of the plans, yeah. you know, and because I'm a stubborn. Well, let me tell you this, Matthew. I am so proud of you, uh, your evolution. You, Just since I've known you. And I, you know, I try to... Um, understand from an empath point of view what it must be like um, to ha have been an addict. I have not been an addict to anything other than um, my own past negative loops and nicotine. Um, That's a bad I, one, though. Tough one. I, yeah, it's it's not a great one, but it's the last of the the last of, of mine. Um, I, I somehow escaped. I had all of my drug days, um, you know, uh, um, non-ceremonial use of weed, quaaludes, speed. Oh, I was a major cokehead for a long while. But I had all of that shit done before I was even out of high school. Oh, wow. And <laughs> really ahead of the, of the game there. <laughs> yeah, by the grace of the gods, I did not wind up addicted. I mean, I, w I did get in deep, but I got out and I wasn't addicted to any drugs. So I don't claim to know what it's like to be an addict. I can only imagine as an, as an empath how rough that's got to be i mean geez brutal like that's got to just turn your world inside out so anybody that can that's in recovery from an addiction to some drug sex addiction whatever just it's it's always like i just want to hug them and be like yes thank you thank you 
<laughs> you know, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for doing the work. Um, thank you for being another one of the bright suns in my world, Matthew. Thank you, Juju. Like I said, it's it's the connectedness of, of this community and good people and good souls that I've come across that really make the difference. You know what I mean? And it's, um, look, I'm good by myself, you know, and always have been, but, you know, because, oh, yes. you got to do it by yourself. It's bullshit, man. You need people. You need good support. You need yeah. people to hold space for you. And there's people that take their time. And like what you just said, you know, to say, hey, I'm proud of you, man. I know how hard that is. Or I, I, I don't actually know, but I can imagine, you know, somebody that actually is thinking about that, put themselves in your shoes. That's the kind of yeah. stuff that just, you know, that, that's that's what gives me hope for anything and everything in the future, that kind of feeling. Because when people can see those things in each other and support each other like that, that's when all the really good change will come. And maybe we get this new, you know, the new thing going here, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm down with that. Um, thank you, Matthew, for um, letting me speak with you for a while. Do you have anything that you would like to end, uh, add before we wrap up? No, but I'll say that um, I'm super grateful um, that you asked me and um, you're just a loving, kind soul. And I've um, always been grateful um, to receive combo from you and has been part of my healing and that journey. And I'm grateful for that. And that's the one thing after the combo a couple years ago, a friend of mine that I was doing some work with, you know, he said, well, have you ever practiced gratitude? And it was such a silly thing. And, you know, I, I had it. I'd been grateful in my life, but I never actually practiced gratitude. So I'm just going to say that that was really important to practice gratitude. And I've actually received some of those things that I've actually prayed for. And the rest is on the way. And I really believe that and, and changing that mm -hmm. frequency and the belief of that energetically and, and proactively looking or reading or participating in things. And, and I got a lot more to do and I still half ash it, but it making a difference and I see it and I see when other people do it and it's very recognizable and I just love it. So I'm just grateful to be here. And if look, we could help one person or give them one idea or one resource, that's beautiful, hopefully more, yeah. but I just like putting out the good frequency. Heck yeah, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being here. Cool. And uh, as soon as you hang up, I'm going to do a little edit on the end so I can put some resources up. Um, so thank you again, Matthew. You have a wonderful day, love. You too. Thanks, Juju. Bye. Bye, Jan. Hey, guys. Here's the number I wanted to give you. one 662 That is the number for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services. If that doesn't get you any results in a hopefully timely manner, please feel free to email me at gypsycambo at gmail.com. It's the same ad email address that I put at the beginning of the episode. Again, here's the addiction helpline, 1-800-662-4357. That is the number for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services. Okay, stay well, y'all.